0: Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Times Analytics podcast. I'm your host, Alex Safranis, and today we are joined by Ayushi Agarwal. Ayushi, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yep, for sure. Thanks, Alex, for uh, inviting me to your uh, podcast. Uh, I'm Ayushi. Uh, I work for um, Salesforce uh, and MuleSoft as a data analyst, and I am based out of New York, so really excited to be here today.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you. So we're two marketers from fortune 500 companies. I think right before this, we were discussing the similarities between the marketing stacks that if you're at a fortune 500 company, there's, you know, you every, every company's going to have an email team and a nurture team. I think there's so many more similarities and differences between our work.
1: Yeah, for sure. I agree. I feel how different companies deal with their marketing org differently yet so similarly is very intriguing to me. Uh, Everyone has same goals, similar goals and similar targets and how they are all cumulatively successful at achieving that and like surpassing their goals is really interesting.
0: Yeah, I think one one of the things that um, is true across any any analytics organization is telling a good story through data. And so I want to ask you about kind of how to tell a really effective story and what would happen if you don't focus on telling a good story?
1: Yep, that's a great question. And I think um, how you were discussing uh, just a while back as well, um, telling a good story is not only dependent on making a very powerful visualization using the best tools or the best uh, ML techniques possible. Uh, it's like how simple and how digestible your information can be. In It can be in a tabular format or it can be in a graphical format. Uh, whatever tells the data, tells a good story and makes a difference and brings an impact is very important. So in order to tell a good story, I think you need to know the outcome very uh, strongly. You need to know what is the ultimate goal out of whatever you are doing so that you can work towards that. So for instance, if your um, goal is to hit a certain target, so what are the key factors that are responsible to help you bring go through that and how you are performing in each metrics and how you can work towards that to bring a uh, powerful visualization, or bring a tabular visualization or of any sort, and how to make it more digestible to the viewer.
0: I was listening to Cassie Kazarkov recently, who is um, a, a data scientist at Google, and she was talking about how if you want to use machine learning in a problem, don't set out to, to apply machine learning to something um that's just not the correct order you you want to start with a problem and try to solve it and then you know if if it fits it then you do it but it should never start from the tool it should start from the need
1: exactly yeah you should know what you want and then start towards building and i think uh in terms of any analytics org i think there are various levels to it um So first of all, you will build that data pipeline or you'll establish what all data you have, all the points you need, all the data sources you have. You'll establish the ETL models and then you will go on to do analytics and then probably you will apply ML and um, data science to it. So I think there are different levels to it. And if you go on to apply ML firsthand, you might be missing on the low-hanging fruits that might just come from a simple exploratory analysis. So it's very important to go, I think, step by step in order to reach the end goal or maybe to reach a solution. And you might just reach a solution via exploratory analysis. So yeah, it's very important.
0: Yeah, you're you're kind of you're describing first principles thinking, which is what is our ultimate goal? And if, you know, if the path is very short to to get to that goal, why don't we just do that? And maybe there's a reason and maybe there isn't. And in some cases there really isn't a reason why you can't take that easy path. So that's that's really insightful. I want to talk about your background because you mentioned that you know, some data science related topics. And while it's, you know, I'm somebody who's gotten some training in data science and can sort of speak the language, but to apply it is a different story. To apply data science in a business context is a different story. And and a lot of the time you need some formal training. So can you tell us a little bit about your background learning these more statistical methods?
1: Yes, for sure. Uh, So I have a master's in information systems uh, management. So I graduated from Carnegie Mellon with a master's in information systems um, in 2019. So uh, if you, like management information systems is a very, I think, customizable, uh, Course, uh, and it depends, it's heavily dependent on the place where you're doing it from. So, uh, I was doing it, uh, my course was more technical heavy, but I had the liberty to customize it. So, I took more analytics related courses because. That was my inclination. And as part of that, I took data analytics courses, some um, machine learning related courses. And that's what actually uh, made me a bit more inclined towards what I would pursue. And um, when you say if uh, there is formal training required or not, I don't think this is a hard and fast requirement. Uh, You can definitely take some normal uh, training courses or just learn on the job because this is something that, would come purely out of interest and um, I know people who have like a bachelor's degree in political science but are doing so great in this field because just just because they are so interested and because they are doing so great and I've seen people with even finance and statistics background doing so well in this field because they have the basic uh, the base already laid out so uh, I would not say that you need a formal training or a degree in this at all but it's it's like a good to have thing in your bag but if you have the interest and uh, the drive to con- continuously learn in this field because this is ever evolving i think uh, 10 years before no none of the companies were thinking for an analytics team Or like their software engineers were also their data engineers. And their data engineers were also building visualizations if required. And they were also thinking towards, okay, I can apply this ML model. So there was no, I don't think there was like a specific big analytics org. But now companies are thinking about it because there's a requirement for it. And because there are so many questions that can be solved. There can be, so there are so many questions that can be solved by a dashboard and there are so many people that are being benefited from it because that's so digestible. Like if you see 100 lines of Python code, that might not be the best solution for someone who, has, uh, who is a marketer. But if you see a dashboard, you will be like, okay, fine, let me explore this. And you will come to know so much, so much more about your own work, about what all you can achieve. So I feel just because there is a huge demand for it, all these courses emerged. But there were still things happening 10 years ago. So it's all based on interest and your drive. And that's completely achievable if you are interested in it.
0: Definitely. It sounds like data has become accessible throughout the last decade with intuitive tools that let non-technical people interact with very large, complex data sets that otherwise would have been completely unreadable unless there was some sort of a tool. And that speaks to the value that everybody's trying to hop on the train. And um, you're you're so right. I mean, it almost speeds up, it almost speeds up the rate of innovation uh, of an organization, because you can now scale answering questions no longer is it one person that has to go into the data and answer a question they can build a tool and then everybody can answer that question themselves and so suddenly instead of optimizing one person's process you're optimizing a thousand people's processes
1: that's true that's that's exactly um, uh, that's that's exactly true and um, one more thing that I came to understand like it was just like my observation on the importance of analytics and these tools is that Every organization is trying to, like, have a tool of their own. If they don't have it, they are looking to acquire it or build one. So, uh, for instance, IBM had, has Watson, um, Salesforce acquired Tableau, and then uh, Microsoft has Power BI. So, all of these tools are very similar. If you know one, you can totally master the other uh, because they have the same basic understanding and connectivities but it's they're so powerful and they're so important in today's world that everyone every organization is kind of thinking to own them because they have become uh, very vital to their uh, organization and so digestible for their uh, other uh, people in their organization to understand and the requirement is continuously growing and I also wanted to like call out one thing is that the connectivity of every platform. For instance, we have GCP, we have Azure, we have AWS and how these pla- how all these cloud platforms played a role in analytics. Like you can store a ginormous uh, amount of data. You don't need to worry about storage anymore. Oh my God, my data is like uh, how terabytes, I don't need to worry about it because it's stored in cloud storage. Before companies were also thinking about how they can optimize the amount of data. Oh, we cannot analyze this because this is this is huge amount of data. But now big data is just another term that we use and very commonly use and deal with it every day. So it's very important how we understand how these things have evolved over the years just because now they are so accessible and they just came out of necessity, not because someone was interested in it, because it was required to work on all this.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I'm glad you brought up big data because I've been wondering recently, is the velocity of data collection going to continue to increase? What will we do? When, when will it be enough? And, you know, I, the value of data depreciates so quickly that data from even 2019 is almost unusable. I mean, because the world has changed in behavior so much in 2020. So how do you see data collection changing as time goes on?
1: That's a a great question. I think data collection is the first and foremost process of any analytics uh, project or any requirement. So I think with time, it's just going to be more efficient because... um, we, we certainly do not care about the size of the data anymore because we have cloud available. But then we also need to understand what data... It, we have to like completely go through the process of elimination a lot of times. Like What is important and what is not? And elimination is very dependent on that time frame. So, for instance what was very important in the pre-pandemic world is no longer important now. Because every one of us, I believe, like you you must be also like going through something like, oh, this was valid co- po- pre-COVID. Now this does not apply in the post-COVID world. Oh, hybrid hybrid is the new normal. So in, we say this, but how do we apply it to our everyday? How do we apply it to our work? So uh, and marketing is very like this is where marketing also is very interesting because before the events were most of the focus was on in-person events. Now it's a mix like you have to capture the digital audience as well as the in-person audience because the world is moving to a hybrid model. So I think the data is just going to increase because you're because the world is changing so rapidly and post co like right from 2020, I feel the date pre COVID is just going to be a benchmark of how things were before or historic and from 2020 or like from this year, things are going to be in accordance with the new normal. So I think we all have all the big organizations and everybody has just understood how to like work in this scenario. And Data collection, I think, is going to be more efficient, but also I think there is going to be a more amount of data because we are focusing on a lot of different data points now than we were before. So yeah, that's what I think, but this this is subject to change. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. I think you're right. I I don't see reality where we put our you know feet on the brakes and say let's collect less. <laughs> you know, let's let's understand less behavior. I don't think that's ever going to have. It's I think it's. Like you said, and and I think it's gonna be also like a synthesis. Like I think we are getting better at pulling context from the data right away, or at least like seemingly right away. For example, like piping data through machine learning models and having the output, like let's say it's um some sort of a clustering. Uh, model and so it'll just tell you like which audience a individual belongs in and so you're you're getting more synthesized data um more aggregated so there may be more data points behind it but we don't see it so it will probably appear that there are fewer data points and that will help us as me as an analyst but there will there could possibly be significantly more data collected behind the scenes yes there
1: would be a lot of processing there would be a lot of um models behind. There would be a lot of uh, reduction of components, reduction of data points, diff- different uh, like data reduction models applied. But yeah, that's definitely a point. We, we would be digesting an aggregated form, which has a lot of uh, modeling behind it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, I want to talk about your transition into marketing because you weren't always in marketing you got uh, you know your education in sort of analytics management information systems I'm wondering how did you break into marketing what was the you know the tough um, aspects you weren't expecting just give us a little bit of an overview of like how that went
1: Yep, uh that's a very interesting question. Um, so I was working uh, as a consultant. So as a consultant, you wear different hats. You're working for different clients um, every time. So transitioning to a different org or a working method was not, not too difficult for me because um, that's what we become really good at if you are working at a big four or a consulting firm. But how do you enter and like sort of like if you want to continue being somewhere then how do you learn towards that goal is very important so i wanted to be more in a product facing environment and this is uh, where uh where i am currently and that's what interested me a lot plus marketing with everything that's changing post-covid this is one field that i think has evolved In the past one year the most, I feel like one of the most rapid evolvement of something I've seen is this, because before, if you were having in-person events, like uh, how how would marketers connect with you? They would have a one-on-one with you. They would invite uh, representatives of your company for a dinner or they would um, hold a session or an information session and everything just shifted to digital. So how did they? So this was one thing to for me to learn, but also understand how they are doing it and be a part of that change. So this is what was really important to me. So uh, I think this this hop, this hop happened very organically. So when I when I entered this position, it was just like, okay, I have to walk towards it and learn towards it. But it is something that I'm learning on the go, and it's really interesting because. This is something that's evolving at the moment as well because we all are just adjusting. So it's 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 really interesting to know this, yeah.
0: Yeah, that that I love that you said that um I think you're totally right and it it must be it must be fun to watch. I mean, you get the you know, I've been in it for about 4 years, but you just jumped in. And so you really do have that outside perspective. Yes,
1: I think you, as as someone who's been in marketing all, all this time, you must have seen it uh, through its phases. But I'm seeing it, I think, in its more glorious phase now. Because just, when, just, just the, when the COVID hit, I think people were determining what to do. But now I think people know what to do and they know the requirements and that's why they are... Um, understanding it and that's why they are building teams towards it so yeah it's it's it's, it's interesting to be a part of this uh, org now like this field now so because there's so much that's changing there's so much that's there and there's so much to learn and so much that would be coming here so yeah
0: yeah so i'm guessing you don't have any regrets <laughs> no <laughs> that's awesome me neither <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely a great great career field mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you, okay. So if somebody wanted to kind of go down your track, let's say they're interested in consulting or they're interested in marketing, what would, how would you recommend they like, you know, what would you recommend to somebody who's interested in sort of the, the path that you took and how would you kind of opt, help them optimize that path?
1: Yep. Yeah, uh, I would say, uh, I would ask them to keep an open mind and, um, Because I think in order to, like in any career path that they are taking, not just marketing or consulting, I feel like anywhere you go, you need a little bit of patience because right right when you join, you might feel you're new to the organization, you're new to the people, you're new to the work that you're doing. So you might feel a bit overwhelmed, but... It's okay to feel like that, just normalize it and uh just continue towards learning and give giving your best, but don't take too much pressure. And uh this is just in terms of like joining a new org or changing um the trajectory if you are doing that. But um I think uh also in terms of these are very two very different things. I feel um everything is very much dependent there is a good people aspect to it understanding what the need of the organization are uh, what the need of your uh, vertical in the organization are what the need of your stakeholders are and also how you can bring an impact not only as an individual but also as a contributor to the org and what more can you do, and not just put a full stop and what at what you are being asked to do? And something that I we discuss very much is like being more proactive than being reactive to people's needs and the orgs' needs and stakeholders' needs. Uh, pre pre understand what they might need. If you're doing something, okay, this might also be helpful. They've not asked for it, but I can include it. I should do it be be proactive towards that that's really important uh, i'm still working on that but i think that's really important keeping that at the back of your mind while doing anything is really important so um, i think yeah just be keeping an open mind keeping that learning mindset never stopping your learning is very important yeah
0: definitely i really like that i mean i and and by the way i'm exactly the same way it's it's all about connecting what you do to the greater goals of the organization and to bring it back you know to the beginning all about goal setting if you don't know that that goal then it's going to be so easy to get lost in technical capabilities and the flashiness i mean it's it's flashy a lot of the time when you're in data but the question is when you spend that 100 hours building the entire data flow and a front end dashboard does anybody use it because there are because once in a while that there's it's a flop. It's a total flop and that mm-hmm. happens and it's okay. And so it's really critical to to look and be proactive and make sure that you're always moving in the direction of what are the needs of the business? What does the business want and how can I kind of with first principles thinking get there in, in the most efficient mm-hmm. way?
1: Yeah, exactly. And one thing that I, um, I think a lot of people do, and I really like is discussing your work in drafts. Like, just don't, don't wait to reveal the final finished product as a surprise to anybody. I feel like just keep on discussing, discussing your work, because if you are, if you're taking an approach that is not right, it you you will be caught right in the beginning if you're discussing it. Otherwise, you will spend 100 hours, as you mentioned, doing something which might not be the expected outcome. So, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a great supporter of discussing your work in drafts. It might not look, people might not be surprised in the end. Oh, my God. But they would be using it for years to come. So I would prefer that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. It's the, the idea of building in public, um, which I think is so you know, 2020 plus this, this idea of like, you know, let's just forget about IP. Let's forget about the competitors and let's just, let's just show everybody what we're trying to bring to the world. And I think that's such an amazing heartful, like I I, I really connect with that. It, the word compassionate capitalism comes to mind. I know that's probably not the right word, but it's, it's the right idea you know, to be honest, to be transparent. And, and I think it's really powerful in business when, when you emulate those qualities.
1: Yep, exactly. Agreed. Um, cool.
0: Okay. So we talked about a bunch of things um, career-wise, data-wise, training-wise. Oh, do you have any good training resources for anybody who's interested in learning more about data and analytics?
1: there are a couple of uh, courses that i would recommend is um uh, if you are looking to do some machine learning specific courses i would uh, highly recommend uh, looking at andrew ng's courses they are they are like bible for anyone who's into machine learning and who's beginning with that as well but if you are looking for analytics specific courses um i would say just download a tool take a data set and start start exploring start analyzing and see where it takes you because i think hands on experience is more important when it comes to analytics in different it because in ml you would need to understand how different algorithms work what is the what, what regression versus um, clustering versus uh, classification how do you apply them and but when it comes to analytics, it's very important to see how hands-on work works. So just download a tool and uh, gather a public data set, download a uh, data set from Kaggle. That's a great resource uh, for good data sources and start working, I would say. And I think YouTube is your best friend. <laughs> uh, and i think that's that's really that's that's a good source and yeah there are different cloud certifications as well I, one thing one one uh certification is uh MLE cloud certification that's also a good certification both as a data engineer and uh m l e uh so yeah there are different courses, but it all depends where you wanna go if you are just starting out i would say just start with some public data sets from Kaggle and see where it takes you.
0: Excellent. Well, I want to thank you, Ayushi, for coming on. This has been a really great discussion, and hopefully we shared some really good, um, interesting content to people who are interested in data analytics and marketing. So thanks again for coming on.
1: Thanks, Alec. Thanks for inviting me. It was great. Thank you. Anytime. Anytime. Okay. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you soon.